Hello, everybody. Dr. Lonnie Stewart here from the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast. Are you a physical therapy student about to start studying for the National Physical Therapy Examination? Or maybe you're a professor, a program director, or a clinical instructor who teaches DPT students preparing for the NPTE? Either way, we would recommend checking out our sponsor, NPTE Final Frontier, and the community they've built around preparing for and succeeding on the NPTE. That exam and the preparation that goes along with it can be long, tedious, difficult, and stress-inducing, but it doesn't have to be. NPTE Final Frontier has the tactics and resources to help address all of the usual barriers. They even have scholarships to help with NPTE study courses, FSBPT registration fees, and even research opportunities. And if that's not enough, they're even donating to the very first annual HET Podcast Scholarship to be awarded at the end of every year. Go to NPTEFF.com for all of the details and use code HET for 10% off all purchases. Links to both the NPTE Final Frontier and their scholarship options are available in the show notes. And now, let's get ready to learn. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. F. Scott Field, and I've got with me two friends of mine that uh, represent the NPTE Final Frontier, one of our gracious sponsors who we love working with, doctors Kieran Knorr and David Friedberg. Guys, thanks so much for coming on today. We're going to talk about the World Physiotherapy Congress and your recent trip over to Dubai to take part in that. Let's, uh, let's dive right in. Tell us a little bit about the experience. Like, How was the travel? How was the trip? Just dive right in. Kieran, why don't you lead us off? Thanks for having us. We had a great time over in Dubai. But the crazy thing was uh, we were not ready for the jet lag to hit us. So it was day two when it actually hit us and we were like awake till clock in the morning. And it was David's poster presentation that day. So yeah, we were just running on three hours sleep. I mean, don't get me wrong. The flight was incredible. I could not sleep on that flight over there. I tried so hard. But it was, what, 13 hours over there and then 14 back on the flight over there. Tried to just crash, but unable to. So then at some point it was going to catch up. But I never actually had my sleep cycle adjust over there. So I was up until 4 a.m., not by choice. I was like laying there in bed. I would roll over, look at the phone, see people from the U.S. and everything in the chat rooms and everything, just talking. I'm like, okay, I'm awake. Why am I awake? But yeah, no, it was overall, the flight there was, was easy. We'd totally do it again. The World Physiotherapy Congress in Dubai. It was amazing. It was beautiful. It was easy to figure out and plan everything that you wanted to go see. And it was just, it was so incredible. It was such an amazing experience and totally grateful to to be there yeah that's awesome i mean first off international conference that's pretty cool right but now you guys are officially international presenters i mean you guys have done the thing you know so let's talk a little bit about what you went over there to do and present david go ahead and lead us off tell us about your presentation first yes so they had multiple different things over there just like with csm and every other conference so over there they had e-posters they had the normal posters that you would see everywhere else as well. Then you had your panels and discussions, which was really, really incredible to see. 
Uh, so the thing that I did, I had a poster, which was on the factors influencing the ability of foreign trained physical therapists to practice in the United States. And it was, it was incredible to be there representing the foreign academic credentialing tools and services, which is a nonprofit, which helps foreign trained PTs practice in the U S. So with that presentation, we were actually looking at all of the different things that go into where someone's ending up with their practice, why they ended up there. And there's a lot of research that still has to be done. And of course, there's no better place to be presenting than at the World Physiotherapy Congress on something like this. It was just an, an amazing opportunity to speak to so many international physical therapists from all over the globe. So I was able to present and interact with physiotherapists from Kenya, Mexico, South Korea, Japan, India, Pakistan, Egypt, Palestine, everywhere you could think of. And it was just an amazing Germany. I could go through every single place. They were represented there. So to be able to present on those factors to so many physiotherapists, it was really just an incredible experience. That's awesome. We, uh, we actually are interviewing Dr. Emma Stokes in, in a couple of weeks. So she'll tell us a little bit about her experience as well and, and her exit out of the presidency, I guess it is, and you know, see what's on the plate for her next. So I'm excited for that one too. Karen, tell us a little bit about your presentations. What, what, what all did you, you get to present on? So I was honored to represent Final Frontier, and I had an e-poster there, and I represented at uh, about uh, factors influencing the past rate of foreign-trained PTs on national physical therapy exam in U.S. And it was amazing. Like I got a chance to talk to so many people from India, Pakistan. And we talked about how important it is to address those factors. One of the most important factors was we don't have PTAs in some countries. And when we moved to U.S., non-system is the area when it comes to ethical considerations and the questions about professional responsibilities. We struggle a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. That's I, awesome. I didn't even think of that. It's, it's a huge differentiation between foreign educated PTs as compared to your U.S. trained PTs. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a disadvantage right off the bat because that's a handful of questions right there that they're talking about PTAs and you're like, well, where I come from, we don't even have PTAs. So, I mean, just bringing the awareness to that. Oh, yeah. yeah, sure. And something that's very interesting is that they also from, uh, and Kieran could correct me as well, but in places such as India, and I believe in Pakistan, but in other places, they have essay-based questions. So all of their examinations are all essay-based, as opposed to your typical multiple-choice questions. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. We're moving in the U.S., obviously, to some video-based questions coming up. So that'll be interesting, too. Uh, it'll be really different to see what happens as we move to some of these, I don't want to call them harder questions, but to me, the video-based stuff is going to be a little bit interesting. So tell us a little bit about the actual art form of presenting at an international conference. You go over there, you present. What is it like? What is the experience like as far as like, you know, different languages? Is there a translator there? Is there people coming up to you asking questions after the fact? Like, how's that communication? What is that all like for you guys? So predominantly, most of the interaction there, most people there did speak English as well. 
So it was predominantly spoken. So it was very easy to interact with people. I did notice that sometimes there may have been some confusion in verbiage on the posters though, you know, but it depends because sometimes reading can be difficult. Oh, English is a tough language too. Oh, 100%. I mean, I I barely get it right, you know? Uh, Kieran, what did you think? Yeah, uh, surprisingly, everybody over there was communicating in English. And like David said, it was pretty easy for us to, you know, communicate over there. So you go to the conference, you present, you get that checked off the list, and now you've got time to explore. What are some things that you guys took in? What are some things you did while over there? Did you have a checklist of things you want to do? Tell me about the cultural experience that you experienced while you were not presenting. Okay, so yes, David and me, we actually planned and we had a list, but I I know we went to so many places in such a short time, like we told you, jet lag and everything. We were running on very short sleep. Still, we got uh, a lot to explore and stuff. My favorite part was visiting old Dubai. It kind of reminded me of small streets and bazaars in Pakistan. And you would, you know, see those things over there. And we saw a lot of people over there from India and Pakistan. So that was the beautiful thing. And I had a great experience there. And bargaining. David, you remember that? Oh, of course. I, I need I needed Kieran for the bargaining. Yeah, I miss that. Uh, in U.S., we can't bargain here. That's just way of life over there. Then you get to you get to try your best shot and your best hand at bargaining. Then, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I think that uh, what Kieran mentioned, what was very interesting, was the diversity over there as well. You had a lot of diversity. You had people from Pakistan, from India, Bangladesh. You had people from Philippines. You had people from Egypt. You had people from Colombia. You had people from the U.S. You had so many different people from from different places actually living and working in Dubai. So I'm not just talking about attending conferences. Some of these people are just people that you've interacted with on the street or working at the food chains or something like that or interacting with just at the malls and observation. But the diversity was very, very surprising there, which I love. I thought it was incredible to see that. But some of the other things that we got to do and explore besides old Dubai, which was really, really special, we got to go to the Burj Khalifa, of course, you know, that's the world's tallest building in in the world, which was really incredible. Tom Cruise was not jumping out the top of there and trying to walk down it or anything like that. He was not there, but it was amazing. The Burj Khalifa, we actually got to do a dinner over there as well for the Burj Khalifa. They're selling tickets to go to the very, very, very top or to go to the very top, almost to the top, but not the top and get a dinner included. And we were like, we're going to go for the dinner as well. Get the, get it all together, get the grand package. Yeah. So we did that. And Burj Khalifa was incredible. We got to go to the museum of the future, which you may have seen pictures, but this was the very unique architecture where you see the silver moon crescent place yeah, yeah, with, yeah. A lot of, with a lot of Arabic written across it. So that's actually the museum of the future. Oh, okay. and, yeah. And they're showing you where they want to be. And I believe it was 2070, right, Kieran? Yes. Yeah. In 2070. And they had an AI robot there that you could interact with. Very limited, but even still, it was 
just you see about it on TV all the time. Yeah. And to interact with an AI was amazing. Very, very cool. Yeah. Got to go to Jumeirah Beach. So many different things. That's uh, awesome. Desert Safari. I wow. got to do Desert Safari over there where they did some um, driving of the Jeep through the sand. They took you to a place where they had fire dancing. They had traditional Arabic dancing taking place. Just really special. That's amazing. I mean, let's talk World Physio Congress, right? So the World Physiotherapy Congress only happens every two years, right? The next one's coming up in 2025. That'll be in Japan, right? Tokyo, Japan. What are some takeaways or some tips, pointers, tricks that you would give to people that are considering attending the World Physiotherapy Congress in 2025? So I think everybody should come and attend these conferences. You get to learn a lot when it comes to diversity, networking. You talk to speakers and attendees and, you know, you share experiences. That was incredible. You know, you get a chance to meet with all these amazing people. And whatever we did here at World Physiotherapy Congress, this research is going to go over at a bigger level. It's going to be funded by Dr. Singh. And we're going to actually address these factors, how we can re reduce that failure rate and how we can increase the pass rate of these PTs. Awesome. So you actually got a research agenda started then for it. That's awesome. And now for a quick shout out to our newest sponsor, Varela Financial. If you're a physical therapist and you have student loan debt, you got to talk to these guys. What makes them unique is that they view financial planning like running hurdles on a track. And for PTs, the first hurdle many of us run into is student loan debt. Varela Financial will help you get over that hurdle. They not only take the time to explain to you which plans you individually qualify for and how those plans work, but they also take the time to show you what your individual case looks like mapped out within each option. So if you're looking for help on your student loan debt or any area of personal finances, we recommend working with them. I use Varela Financial personally, and they were able to help me lower my student loan repayment from about $1,800 a month down to about $135 per month simply by finding the right repayment plan that best fit me, my family, and our life goals. You can check them out at varelafinancial.com. Link is in the show notes if you need it for reference, and tell them the HET podcast crew sent you. And now back to the show. Yeah. And it's the same thing on my end with the research agenda, where currently it's showing that most of the foreign educated PTs are ending up working in a skilled nursing facility and they're not actually using their skill set. So you may be trained in, let's say, vestibular rehab, but when you're coming to work in the US, you're not going to be necessarily working in vestibular rehab. And it's unfortunate that the skill set that you have isn't the determinant as to where you are practicing. And another thing that we found out was that most of the foreign educated PTs were coming from India and then uh, Philippines, followed by Egypt. And it was just very, very interesting and to see. So I'm interested to see where that plays out and why a little bit further. You know, same thing with every research. Got to keep on digging. But. I think that's something for first time attendees. I think it's very important that you go onto the website, go onto the World Physiotherapy website, just as you would with CSM, ELC, whatever the conference is. Look up the schedule. 
Look for presenter names that you recognize that you may want to network with or that you may want to hear present. Look up for topics that interest you. Look up for networking events that interest you. And this way you can have a structure to that. I would also suggest do things that you would not normally do. Be uncomfortable. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think that is very important at conferences in general because maybe you're not comfortable talking to people. Be uncomfortable. Maybe you have, maybe there's a lecture that's taking place that you wouldn't normally attend. Be uncomfortable. What do you got to lose? Go check it out. I went to a pelvic floor presentation at CSM, uh, which is definitely not my thing, but Anthony Lowe is presenting and Teresa Wasser. I, I love them. They're, they're amazing you know, therapists. They're brilliant minds. So I had to go see them and I learned something. It was uh, about prolapse that happens in the geriatric population, which is my specialty for the most part. So it, it, it actually ended up being very informative. So I'm glad I went. I'm glad I got out of my, my comfort zone. I guess then the next question really becomes like, it sounds to me like you guys are sold. You're ready to do the next one already, right? Japan, you're all in. We are yeah. all in. You have yeah. you have swayed me for sure. I am interested. Like I said, I'm I'm looking forward to trying to do some uh, presentations with some folks there. So it also seems to me, and I, I don't know what the accuracy is on this, but it seems like it's a much smaller, more intimate conference than yeah. something like a CSM. Is that right? That's actually one of the things that I enjoyed about it as well is that I, I like the more intimate conferences, yeah. such as ELC, where you can really get that networking. You can really get that time to talk to somebody, get to know somebody, as opposed to CSM, where it's beneficial. Everybody should go. It is incredible, but it could be a lot because it is a lot. Yeah. So when you're going to something that's less people there, because not everybody is going to go to Dubai. Not everybody's going to go to Japan. So you're fine-tuning a lot. And it's just a different experience. You still have your booths and everything like that. But you have a lot less people. So you get to talk to and meet a lot more people in doing so. And for Japan, definitely, I think that you would love going to one of these conferences. There's many ways to get involved too. You can volunteer your time there. They're asking for people to be on the committee you can work on the committee where you're planning it the event i think that being a moderator would be incredible or helping guide a discussion would be really cool to do on one of these levels but i think that doing that and what's really nice with the world physiotherapy congress just like what csm has done in recent years especially with covid being prevalent and interrupting everything with conferences so with the world physiotherapy congress they have an online portion as well now so the online portion only started today. So June 23rd is the first official day of the online portion. So they're going to do it for three days. And what they have is for the three days in a scheduled allotted time, they're going to have some of the panels be on Zoom for Q&A sessions. So let's say, Scott, let's say that you're presenting. They have your lecture up there for me to watch your lecture. And then after that, I could attend your Q&A session to ask you a follow-up question about your lecture. So they're very cool. Yeah, they have that for the next three days for each panel. So I thought that was really fascinating and very different to kind of continue everything, which is nice. That's what we're planning to do. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. I'll have to I try to chime in, see when you guys are presenting and uh, ask some Q&A. 
Well, let me let me ask you guys this then. We you know we appreciate your time. We appreciate you coming on the podcast, and we ask all of our guests this one final question. And that question is, if you could change one aspect of higher education, whether it be DPT or otherwise, what aspect would you change, and how would you change it? The only thing that I would want to change when it comes to the DPT programs and everything. So I would want to address my topic that I did address over there, the research topic. In countries like India and Pakistan, they should have PTAs. They should have that thing integrated to their education system uh, because uh, it is very important. And we work here as a team. And after I moved to U.S., I realized how important it is. And over there, there's no concept of that. I would like to have that change in dynamic over there. And the sad thing is we have it here in the U.S. And a lot of times it's not even properly utilized. Exactly. NPTs aren't taking advantage of it even, you know, so like it's sad to see that. And uh, you see that in uh, NPT Final Frontier, there is that PTA group. So we're equally supporting them. And we're supporting the PTs. So I want something like that yeah. you know, over there too. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. David, how about you? What would you like to see change? So I do love this question because I feel like every time I come onto your podcast, which thank you very much for allowing us this opportunity as yeah. always to come on the podcast with you. I'm going to change my answer every time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with that. We appreciate it. You know, I feel like it's one of those things where you can have so many different answers to so many of these uh, open-ended questions. And after this conference, I'm going to say something with higher education that I think should be included is more diversity knowledge, more education on that diversity. I think that, and I mean diversity in regards to the globe, global diversity, what is out there, being more knowledgeable about physiotherapy in Pakistan, in India, in Germany, in Israel, in Russia, wherever it is, in Africa, what, wherever it is, I think that having a knowledge as how physiotherapy is different in some of these places. I mean, one of the, my favorite times there was where me, Kieran, one of my professors from and actually Russell Sage, he was there presenting as well. It was Dr. Kapreet Singh. And we were over there hanging out at, after the conference. But it was also another physiotherapist who is from the U.S., another one from Mexico, another one from Kenya, and another one from Pakistan. And we're all sitting there around a table just engaging each other in conversations that you have about just everything about physiotherapy. What does your clinic look like? Do you practice this? How does insurance work over there? How many patients do you see? How much does it cost to run an office over there? So to have those conversations was so beneficial. I loved it. And I feel like that could be something really important and valuable to include in higher education. It's just knowledge as to what else is out there. Yeah. Just uh, like you said, just the awareness at the very least. Right. I mean, I, I know I went to school with a Canadian who ended up going back to Canada at some point to practice. But when he was over here doing the DPT stuff, actually it was a master's at the point, but uh, he ended up having to, you know, jump through a bunch of hoops and get everything ready for him to sit and take the test to practice here in the U.S. Then going back to Canada, when he did eventually, it was a lot easier. But 
just knowing that they're they're different in different countries, you know, and and the what the schooling is that they go through, what the exam process looks like, all that. I mean, it's it's different. And so I like that idea of like multicultural and 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 multi-country awareness, at least, of how physiotherapy works, you know, as a as a worldwide profession. So I love Yeah. That. I think like one of the one of the things that I thought was interesting was hearing like there was a presenter there, Shivani Shet, and she was presenting, uh, she was doing a discussion. And it was a discussion about the barriers to evidence-based practice and just hearing about, and then talking to like my friend from Kenya and just hearing these people talk about even evidence-based practice. We have it so freely available for us here, but there's so many countries out there, so many physiotherapists that don't have what we have. Yeah. We have to figure out a way to bridge that gap. For sure. I, I work with a ton of people who are doing research in academia in other countries, right, internationally, and they use Google Scholar and that's about all they have access to. And I'm like, you don't have a library? You don't have like sharing amongst? Because I'm spoiled rotten now because I'm able to get any research article I want at the drop of a hat. Because even if we don't have it, we have an interlibrary sharing program with many universities that allows us to get these articles for free. And it's like, I, I forget sometimes how spoiled I am to get that stuff when in reality, even just a clinician who wants to look up an article sometimes has to pay 30 to $50 for one article. And it's like, what are we doing here? Like, we're doing all this research. We're wanting to get it out to the, the, the clinic and to the masses. And yet we're making it hard for them to even get the research that we are doing. It's a messed up system. It's, it's just like the healthcare system. It's just like our higher education system. It's all messed up. And we got to, yeah. that, that's why we're here, right? To talk about this stuff, to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, even like clinical practice guidelines. Yeah, we have them and everything, but there may be better things to be doing or there may be other techniques out there that may be newer that are being done somewhere else. But there's places in the world that won't even hear about this other technique because they don't even have access to this. Yeah, for sure. Well, David and Kieran, thank you guys so much for coming on. I appreciate it. I love talking with you guys. Where can people reach out to you and, and find you if they have, you know, follow-up questions or just want to talk about the, the World Physio Congress or, or any of that? Uh, Kieran, where, where can people reach out to you? They can email me. They can reach out through that. So kieran.npdff at gmail.com. All right. Great. David? Yes. And of course, npteff.com. And then also uh, you could find me with what I was presenting through the Foreign Academic Credentialing Tools and Services, faxpt.org. You can find me personally at David PT DPT over on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at yahoo.com. So feel free to reach out at any time. We love interacting with everybody. And obviously, if we're going to conferences like this, we love connecting with you. So we'd love to connect. Yeah, we'll drop all those links in the show notes so it's easy for everyone to find you guys. Guys, thank you so much for your time and for coming on here. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much. We appreciate the uh, the opportunity. Well, I hope that episode was entertaining as much as it was informational and educational. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our past episodes, we ask you to please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. And please share out the episodes to those who you feel may be able to benefit from them. We also urge you to follow us on all social media platforms at HET Podcast. And let us know what topics or experts you would like to hear from in future episodes. And just as a reminder, none of the information on today's show should be considered medical advice. It's simply infotainment or edutainment to help educate our audience. For medical advice, we always advise you to reach out to your preferred medical professionals. 
and we'll see you on the next show.